Skin ESPN. This is Bet LA with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. And we're getting you set tonight with all the wagering and fantasy information you need for the NBA, MLB, golf, and yes, March Madness. Bet LA with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Bet LA with Anita Marks right now. Welcome back to Bet LA here on 710 ESPN. Joining us now, our second hour, Sarah Barshop joins us. Of course, uh, works for ESPN, covers the Rams. Getting you ready, Rams fans, for the NFL Draft. As we know, round one coming our way on Thursday night, rounds two and three on, on Friday, and of course, the remainder on Saturday. So Sarah, great to have you back on the show. So first things first, kind of share with the Rams uh, faithful out there, exactly how the Rams organization handles the draft. Will Where will they be? Who gets final say? Uh, g- I guess give them a peek behind the curtain. So it's actually much different than any draft I've covered. And in Houston, when I covered the Texans, they did it at their facility. Uh, but the Rams actually run out of house. They call it the draft house. And they do the draft from there. And the idea is that it's a very collaborative process. I think just a big space to relax. Obviously, it's a little different. They don't have a first-round pick. Not that they won't be having those discussions on Thursday, but it's probably very unlikely they trade into the first round. Um, So we saw a little bit last year. Um, I think there was a video clip that made the rounds on social of the the beautiful house they were in, and so they're doing the same thing this year. And I think it should be an interesting environment, especially because they don't have that pick on Thursday, so it's probably a little bit more relaxed than maybe some other teams' draft locations would be. I'm sure. I'm sure that's the case. Uh, Before we start really doing a deep dive into their picks, again, they don't have a first-round pick. They actually haven't had a first-round selection since Jared Goff back in 2016. Uh, But Allen Robinson, uh, wow, that relationship was short-lived, and he was traded to the Steelers. Jalen Ramsey, he's gone. Of course, now he's with the Dolphins. Uh, what what does the loss of those two players um, mean for this Rams team as as they head into this draft? Keyshawn J. Will. And obviously he was injured last year. He played in 10 games. He didn't have the production that he or the Rams were hoping for when he signed in L.A., but also behind Cooper Cup now, they just don't have many proven names. And so it'll be interesting to see if they do add anyone early in the draft to kind of address the receiver needs. Um, And then with Ramsey, I mean, obviously one, it's a signal of a a star player leaving as opposed to normally they've been acquiring those star players. And then the defense, I mean, they lost a lot of defensive players, a lot of starters this off season. Ramsey, I think the biggest name and it'll be interesting. I mean, (laughs) they have 11 draft picks right now. Wouldn't surprise me if they added more by trading down. And I just think it gets to the point where you probably do have to address a lot of holes on defense. And that probably starts at the cornerback spot just because Ramsey's gone and you don't have a veteran presence there at all. Right. Um, you know, and, and just in looking at this Rams team, I mean, dare I use the word rebuild? I, I really, uh, looking at, at what a disaster last season was and the fact that, you know, they 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 have, it's, I I know we've heard this this phrase before it's time to pay the piper right like uh, they haven't a lot of teams in the NFL that have success they build through the draft their core are drafted players and then they sprinkle in um, that free agency money that they utilize 
uh, to take them over the top. And and obviously that's not the organizational structure that this Rams team has um, has moved forward with. With that being said, they have 11 total picks, but only three of them are in the top 100. Then they have three picks in the fifth round, three picks in the second round, and two picks in the seventh round. So with that being said, let's start. Uh, their best selection is in the second round, number 36. Uh, what are some of the names? Who are some of the players that you're hearing that the Rams are hoping will still be on the board at that point? I think I've heard more just by position. Um, I mean, I, I I think one benefit, I guess, to all the holes they have on this roster is that, you know, you don't want to normally the the saying is right. You don't want to draft for need. You want to draft best player available. And the good news for the Rams is that they have so many positions of need. They might be able to do both at the same time, right? Draft the best player available because they have so many holes to fill. So I think, I mean, we talked to Leslie today and he was kind of saying, you know, we don't know who's going to be on the board. We can, make our best projections. But like you said, they don't have that first pick until 36. And so I think it'll be about, you know, how can we fill out this roster? I think they have 45 players of the 90 players they need signed to fill out their training camp roster right now. So they're a long way from that. Um, you know, Leslie was talking about the undrafted class is going to be pretty big too. So I think, I don't, I don't, I, I don't know how that I have specific names that they're hoping for. Um, in fact, someone asked, Sneed about that today about uh even just a specific position he was like yeah we're not going to go there we don't want to let everyone know what we're thinking but i do think that they have a couple defensive positions specifically that they're hoping to be able to fill sarah barshop joining us here on bet la getting rams fans uh ready for the draft some names that i have heard anton harrison Osiris Torrance, uh, guard from Florida, wide receiver Tyler Scott from Cincinnati, unbelievable athlete, athlete. he ran a 4-4. Have you heard any of those names uh, in conversation at all? Any of those ring a bell? I, I honestly, the Rams have been pretty tight-lipped. I'll say that. Um, I mean, I've heard lots of names kind of thrown out as like guys they've looked at. I mean, they've obviously brought some guys in for visits, but mostly I've heard positions that they, in fact, Leslie just talked about that today. He said, you know, it's a pretty a specific position. I think he was referring to cornerback. He was saying that we have more names on our board than maybe we would have had past years in the position. And he said, I don't know if that's biased because that's the position of need or if it's just because it is a very strong draft in that regards. But again, he was kind of saying there are some positions we want to hit. And we have some guys, you know, that obviously that we're interested in. We'll have to see how the board falls again, because that's what happens when you're not picking in the first round. Right, right. Again, 11 total picks. It'd be interesting to see, you know, if if this is a granted. Yes. You know, as we know, there's a lot of needs here. But uh, with stockpiling three fifth round picks, three sixth round picks, two seventh round picks, if they utilize those to try to get back into the third or fourth round, it will be interesting. Uh, Sarah, before we let you go, give us an update in regard to Matthew Stafford. What is the latest on, on him and what are your expectations for him coming into this next season? So at the owners meetings, uh, Ram CEO Kevin Demoff said, you know, I, we would say that this is probably the best his art, his elbow has felt and, you know, the strongest he's felt as a member of the Rams. Um, he talked about how that game he got injured in, in New Orleans when he left and he was put in the concussion protocol. But before that, he said 
he was saying how, you know, that look, his arm looks so strong in that game. And that's maybe one of his best games of the season in terms of the way he was throwing the ball. And then he got hurt. So a lot of people in his organization believe that he he's the guy who's going to be the reason that they don't have another five and 12 season like last year, that he's the, the reason with him healthy, obviously Cooper cup and Aaron Donald too, but Matthew Stafford is the difference maker. And that's one of the reasons they struggled last year because he wasn't healthy. And then he was on injured reserve for the end of the season. So everyone in the building that I've talked to seems very positive about him. In fact, I asked him a question about basically being able to be out there during OTAs and whether he and Sean have been able to be more creative because they have a longer off season. And he kind of stopped me and said, it just feels good to be out there. You know, he said last season, last year during OTAs, he couldn't throw the ball. wasn't clear to do that. And he said, now just being able to be out there and do my job, it feels great. So Sean McVay said that Stafford seems kind of invigorated to be back and be throwing. And I got the sense from that him as well. Um, you know, I think if Stafford can be his elbows healthy, and obviously that's a big if after what he went through last year, but if he can be healthy, I don't see why not. He, why he wouldn't be one of the better quarterbacks in their conference. I mean, you look at the, the way the AFC is loaded with young quarterbacks. We don't see that in the NFC as much, and that's something the Tex- or the Rams are counting on as they look toward the season and the roster they have now. Yeah, I, I hear you. Uh, you know, Geno Smith doesn't move the needle for me. The 49ers are trying to reportedly trade Trey Lance. Uh, Purdy more than likely is not going to be ready to go week one of the regular season. Who knows? Maybe he will. I'm hearing that there's a good possibility he won't. And then there's so many question marks, obviously, with the Arizona Cardinals. So uh, last question for you. Uh, what what's What's the backup situation here? in regard to the Rams because uh, God forbid anything happens and, um, and, and Matthew Stafford gets injured again. Obviously uh, we know that, um, uh, why am I drawing a blank? Um, uh, Baker Mayfield is no longer there. So what, what's the backup situation look like heading into the season? Yeah, I mean, there really isn't one, right? And, and that's something Sean McVay talked about today. He said, you know, it's not just draft because he was asked about the possibility of drafting a young quarterback later in the draft because they don't have another quarterback on the roster outside of Stafford. And he said, yeah, but you, you know, you don't want to just draft a guy because you need someone at the position. If you truly believe it's someone who can contribute for you, especially if Stafford gets hurt, right? Like it needs to make sure it's the right guy. So I don't know that they'll draft anyone just to draft him. I think if the right player, right quarterback falls to them, and it makes sense, sure. But I, I, my guess is they go with a veteran option. Um, and maybe it's, maybe it gets to the point, you know, this summer where they're looking at John Wolford or, you know. But I think that they, I don't know that they feel the need to address that to the draft, but certainly it's something they have to address because, like I said, Stafford is the only quarterback on the roster right now. I hear you. Sarah, thanks for spending some time with us. I really do appreciate it. Uh, enjoy draft week. Thank you. Great to talk to you. You got it. Uh, Sarah Barshop joining us here uh, on Bet LA, getting you ready. I mean, again, you know, no draft pick in uh, on Thursday, uh, but uh, number 36 um, in the second round. So there's that in two third round picks. So Friday night, the Rams will be active and attractive, <laughs> just not on Thursday. 
All right, we still have a lot more coming your way this hour. Eric Moody's going to jump on board to talk some NBA. Stormy Bonantani's going to jump on board to talk some XFL as they are into their postseason, as well as some NHL. So buckle up, still more to come right here on Bet LA, 710 ESPN. With Anita Marks. Right now, let's get back to Bed LA and back to Anita Marks. That would be me. <laughs> 710 ESPN. Uh, we still have Eric Moody coming our way, talking some NBA, getting you ready for Wednesday slate. And we have Stormy Bonantani coming your way as well, getting you ready for XFL uh, this weekend is uh, their playoffs and, of course, some NHL as well. Um, Just to bring you up to speed on some of the NBA scores, the Nuggets, they closed the deal. 112 to 109. So uh, they now have uh, won the series, and uh, they advance it back and, and see how the West plays out. As I said earlier, the Atlanta Hawks beat the Celtics in Boston 119 to 117 so that series now Boston still up 3-2 it heads to Hotlanta with Trey Young getting uh, DeJounte Murray back watch out Boston and uh, right now the Suns just whooping up the Clippers with about eight minutes left in the fourth they're up 18 um, 118 to 104 in the NHL can we talk really quickly about Kawhi Leonard and just how big of a disappointment he's been for the Clippers squad. Absolutely. Just really quick. The Stars, uh, they defeat the Wild. So Dallas up on that series 3-2. Islanders over the Hurricanes tonight. Car- Her- Hurricanes still up on that series 3-2. And right now the Oilers are up on the Kings 6-3 with about less than uh, two minutes left in the third period. But yes, uh, here's the thing, Tyler. And Tyler and Rebecca producing the show tonight. This is what we heard coming into the season was the Clippers will go as far as Paul George and Kawhi Leonard will stay healthy. Well, we know they haven't had Paul George the entire series, and now they don't have Kawhi Leonard. So chances are they're going to lose the series. Like, this isn't, this is what many anticipated, right? Yeah, but I mean, just the fact that I don't know. I'm just I'm not fully convinced that what Kawhi Leonard's got going on right now is genuinely enough to keep him out of playoff games. Like you've you've played your whole season to get to where you are now. A part of me just feels like if you can go, you, you think go. he's you think he's BSing? You think he's he you think he just does it. Paul George isn't there. Chances are they don't win. Uh, he's he's a little banged up. Maybe let me ask you this: Do you think if Paul George was active, he'd play through this? Do you think if he felt that they had a a better shot of beating the Suns, he would be playing through this? Do you think he's just not playing because he just doesn't think they've got a shot? I mean, who's to say otherwise, right? I mean, Stephen A. Smith said it best uh, like two days ago. He said Kawhi Leonard, and this is paraphrasing because I don't remember exactly what he said, but he said Kawhi Leonard is the Mm -hmm. most disappointing NBA superstar ever and referenced how Kawhi played all 26 games of the playoffs for the Raptors, but since then has played like a total of like, I think it was a total of 26 playoff games over the span of however long he's been with the Clippers. 
so I, and 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 I I did I I heard I heard what Stephen A had to say. I, I, are there other people like I guess you know what what's I guess let me ask you because obviously you guys are there. Uh, what's the vibe right now in L.A.? Do people in L.A. agree with Stephen A. Smith? Like, are, you know, is there a lot of talk out there? Like, oh, come on, Kawhi, you could play. You just yeah. What's 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 the narrative right now? I mean, from what I've gathered, there's a fairly even split. Obviously, Clipper Clipper fans are super disappointed, right? You follow a team all season long. You're really impressed with how they're performing. They go and they make the Russell Westbrook acquisition that they felt was what they needed to get them beyond the point of no return when it came to the playoffs, when it came to making a finals push. The team finally felt complete. Mm -hmm. Russell Westbrook's been a a 180 degree different player since having joined the Clippers coming from the Lakers and you know Clipper fans just felt like this was it this was finally what they needed to make that push and now you know the two star players that really started this progression with the team starting to get competitive and being a a finals team or at least a playoff team there it's just disappointment and so to circle back I don't know. I don't know if you can confidently say that Kawhi Leonard wouldn't be playing still if we had a healthy Paul George. I just feel like he's kind of yeah. he's kind of like, well, without Paul George we can't win, so I'm not going to push myself as hard as I should be pushing myself, which is again disappointing. It's extremely disappointing. Um Yeah. Uh that's for sure. Um all right, I, I know we've got a, a few minutes left in, in this segment, uh, and then we're totally going to switch gears here because we're, we're Eric Moody's going to come on board. We're going to talk some NBA. Uh, big picture, what do the series look like, um, as well as the four games on the slate for tomorrow night. Really excited about that. So I, I know I shared with you just a few minutes ago or, or about 30 minutes ago some of the, some of the NFL draft picks uh, in plays, I should say, uh, that I'm going to be participating in on Thursday night. Uh, here's one for you. Which players, surprisingly, will go in the first round? And because it will be surprisingly, you're getting some good odds. Uh, Joe Tipman is uh, a center who I'm being told um, there's there's a lot of love for. I believe that he's going to go in the first round. You can get that at minus 140. Um, Jalen Hyatt, I talked about him before. I think he very well could be possibly maybe the number two overall wide receiver selected. Uh, you can get him absolutely to go in the first round at plus 250. And then Robinson is the end all be all running back. I had some scouts tell me that they, the analogy that they use for him is like an Aaron Jones from the Green Bay Packers, um, a running back who can do it all. Great in in the passing game, great running back, and also can pick up the blitz and is a very smart blocker. So he checks all the boxes. Robinson is going. Robinson is going to go number one overall, but uh, you know the the odds on that are I want to say like minus twenty five hundred. But there's another running back, Gibbs who I believe is going to go in the first round. And you could get that at minus 110. So uh, so those are three players that I do believe will go in the first round, surprisingly. Tipman, Hyatt, and Gibbs 
okay um i'm trying to, i'm looking some of the other some of the other i think there's a really good shot that robinson the running back goes to the eagles at 10 by the way and you could get that at plus 650 um i do believe the bears draft will anderson and you could get that at 35 to 1 um had Cynthia Freeland on earlier. We were talking about, I think her, her and I are both in agreement that the Seattle Seahawks are both going to take Jalen Carter and you could get that at even money. So, uh, so just to name a few, uh, you know, again, it's just, it's so, the, the draft is so fun and it makes it even that much more fun uh, that you can wager on it. That's for sure. All right. Uh, when we come back, like I said, we're going to switch gears here. Uh, Eric Moody is going to join us, my partner in crime at Daily Wager as well, to talk some NBA. You've got Knicks, Cavs, Lakers, Grizz, Heat, Bucks, Warriors, Kings on the slate for Wednesday night. So hang tight. We come back. Eric Moody's going to jump on board. We'll dive into all those and we'll we'll look big picture in regards to the series. And then, of course, we'll hear from Stormy Bonantani as well to talk some XFL and NHL. So we'll be right back. Anita Marks with you, Bet LA here on 710 ESPN. This is Bet LA with Anita Marks. Right now, let's get back to Bet LA and back to Anita Marks. Welcome back to Bet LA here on 710 ESPN LA. Eric Moody joins us now, one of my partners in crime on Daily Wager, talking all things NBA. Getting you ready for tomorrow's action. And Eric, man, we've got four great games on the slate. So let's dive into it. Uh, and, you know, arguably, I, I'm sure folks out there might think I'm a little biased because I'm here in New York. But, man, this Knicks-Cavs series has just been terrific. It really has. And as we know, the Knicks, they're up on the series 3-1. They head to Cleveland tomorrow. Um, and an opportunity to close it out. In Cleveland. So the Knicks are getting five, five and a half in some places. The over-under is 202 and a half. A, your thoughts on this series, and do you have a play uh, in tomorrow's game? Yeah, I actually have uh, two plays uh, uh, for this game, Anita. But, you know, to answer your question about the series as a whole, I'm like, it's a great series because it's very physical, and you see these teams really, really getting after it. You know, and that's really the essence of playoff basketball but there are two bets that I like in this matchup, Anita. The first one is like the first half total uh, to go under 103.5 points. So, like, no series in the first round of the playoffs, again, has been as physical or defensively focused as this one. And I'm really shocked that the first half total is where it's at, you know, really for the fifth straight game. Like, looking at the overall total that you mentioned, like 103.5 just seems very high to me for the first half. Like these teams have combined for what, 95, 98, 77, and 99 first half points in their first four games. They haven't even cracked triple digits yet. And so I just really like for this first half to go under 103 and a half. And I think when you consider that both of these teams are playing like at the second slowest pace in the postseason in Cleveland on the defensive side, uh, I just like the under here. Last but not least, I do love Jalen Brunson uh, in this matchup. Uh, I'm looking at props here. the line for points and assists is at 29 and a half. So I like the over here. 
Brunson, just watching him on film, he's been incredibly effective this series. And to be candid, the Cavaliers haven't been able to match like his versatility. Now, over the last four games, Brunson, he scored uh, 29 points, 21, 20, and 27. Assists, he's racked up 6, 6, 6, and 2. And having played in the national championship game at Willanova, I'm like, he has experience in high-pressure situations, so I really look to him to deliver uh, in this upcoming game. I hear you. Um, I love the Knicks. I'm playing this. I'm, I'm taking the Knicks. Give me the five. Give me the five and a half all day yeah. and twice on Wednesday night. And uh, and I like the under here at 202 and a half. Yeah. I, I think, you know, we've seen how good this Knicks defense team is playing um, against uh, against the Cavs. And the Cavs play better defense at home as well. So uh, I do like the under at 202 and a half. Um, we got game two, which many folks listening to the show right now are probably more interested in. And that's the Lakers going up against the Grizzlies. The Lakers, of course, LeBron James doing LeBron James things, uh, taking that game into overtime. And of course, them winning 117 uh, to 111. Now the Lakers are up on that series 3 1, but they head back to Memphis. So it's travel plus one day rest between game four and five, which is really interesting. Um, yes. With, with that being said, Memphis at home favored by four. The over-under is 221 and a half. Uh, again, same thing. Number one, uh, talk about this series. Don't poke the bear when that bear is LeBron James. That's all I've got to tell Dylan Brooks. And, uh, and, and, and what are your plays in this matchup tomorrow night? Uh, I'm, I'm chuckling because I've got a lot to say about this matchup. And I remember we were talking before the playoffs started, and I really liked the Lakers. Uh, like, we were talking about futures, uh, you know, to, to win the championship. Now, I'm not saying they're just going to go outright and win the championship. My point is that I really liked that bet at that point in time because the changes that they made uh, at the trade deadline. You know, they added, you know, a lot of um, versatile players to surround Anthony Davis and LeBron James and they really have a success in the series so there are two bets that I like uh, I'm back in the underdog Lakers and I like Anthony Davis over 35 and a half points plus rebound let me take a minute to explain myself here so losing game four and then having the Lakers take a 3-1 lead really is taking the life out of the Grizzlies in my opinion you got John Morant Dylan Brooks we don't want to talk to the media after the game which was an immature move uh, in my opinion but they had every chance to win the game and, the, you know, and really to tie the series. And the Lakers responded down the stretch. And so I just see them coming out flat in this upcoming game. And uh, it's just a tough loss to get over. And I think the Lakers are really going to look to exploit that. So look at this Grizzlies team. They're still too young, still too inexperienced. And I just don't think they're ready at this point to be true title contenders. And so I think the Lakers are going to get off to a fast start in this game. And, uh, you know, coast to a victory, perhaps with a big lead. And I think we'll see the lead in the second round of the NBA playoffs after game five. So let's talk about Anthony Davis. He had a tough game in game four, right? What, 12 points? I think he made uh, four field goal attempts out of 13. I'm like, he hit some clutch shots, you know, down the stretch. But he's been really inconsistent so far this series, Anita. And, like, his best game, he had, what, a 31.17 rebound game back in game three. You know, with the, with the chance to win the series, you know, with everything on the line, uh, I just think Davis and the Lakers, they're just going to have to look at Anthony Davis and say, hey, you're going to have to play at your best. And I, I do believe he'll deliver a vintage performance uh, in this upcoming game. And 
So if we're looking at that line at 35 and a half points plus rebounds, I think he is going to eviscerate that and perhaps even have a game eerily similar to what he was able to do in game three. So those are the best that I like in this matchup. You know, it's interesting. Like I said, only one day rest between game four and, and this game tomorrow night, which I think definitely benefits a younger yeah. roster with the Grizzlies. Um, mm-hmm. They've won 35 at home. I know they have not won with Ja Morant uh, starting in the starting lineup, but just something here. I, I just, I'm, I'm on the opposite side of you uh, with all due respects. I, I just, I, I just, you've got LeBron James. He played 45 minutes. AD played 42 minutes in game four. They're up three, one. Where's the sense of urgency? I, I just, I'm, I've got a small lean here towards the Grizzlies. So interesting to see how this all plays out. Um, oh, yeah. we've, got an in, we've, we've got an interesting game, or I should say series, that is um, happening, of course, with uh, the, the Bucks and the Heat. Who knew? I certainly didn't, Eric. <laughs> uh, the Heat are up on this series 3-1. Granted, a lot of it has to do with the fact that Giannis has been injured. Uh, he did put up a triple-double in Game 4. But nonetheless, uh, this Milwaukee team, they are home. They're favored by 11 the over-under is 219.5. What say you? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm chuckling because this is another series that did not really go as planned, You know, considering how dominant the Bucks were during the regular season. But, hey, here, here we are. It's like, look, look at us. Look at us. You know, we're, we're here. So uh, the one bet that I do like in this game that I'm really attracted to, like a moth to the flame, is for uh, the total uh, to go over uh, in this game. And since the regular season, like the over has cashed in all six of the Bucks and Heat games. And it's really surprising, in my opinion, how little movement there is in the point total line here. Like Miami's last five away games have hit the over. When you look at Milwaukee, their last seven home games against this Heat team. Uh, and so I'm, I'm, just, I'm kind of scratching my head here, and I'm leaning towards the over here. Uh, looking at these superstars in this game, though. You know, look at Jimmy Butler. I'm like, this, this guy's on fire right now. I'm going to call him the human torch. And you've got Giannis. You know, he's just trying to keep his playoffs hope alive. So I think this is going to be a high-scoring matchup. We're just going to let the superstars cook. And you know what? I'm going to enjoy watching it. It's, it's going to be interesting. Um, again, Jimmy Butler is just a man possessed. Is he not? 56 points. He's averaging of course, in, in game four, uh, he's averaging 36 and a half. Mm-hmm. They've got six players that are putting up double digits and, uh, and averaging 124 points in the playoffs. Really unbelievable night and day in regard to what we saw from the Heat in the regular season and yeah. how good they're, good they're playing against the Bucks. That's for sure. All right, last but not least, uh, game four tomorrow night, the Warriors going up against the Kings. This series is all tied. Obviously, home court advantage has played a big role. But coming into this matchup, Fox is dealing with a broken left index finger for a guy that's averaging 32 points a game. Uh, that could be an issue. Um, like I said, the series is all tied up at two. Golden State is favored on the road at minus one and a half. The over-under <laughs> is 235. How are you playing this one? You know, I'm, I'm thinking, when I'm thinking about this series, I remember on uh, you know the episode of the ESPN Bet where we were talking about this series, and I know when the Kings were up 2-0, those next two games are going to be very important to the Warriors. And they took care of business. The Kings have allowed them back in this series, so both teams have split the first four games. So this best-of-seven series is now a best-of-three series. And, 
you know, even though the Warriors avoided going down 3-1 with a one-point win uh, back in game four, Anita, you know, they're, they're not out of it yet. Uh, I, you know, they got to go back to Sacramento. So I'm still, I'm still kind of concerned here because they lost games one and two. They've struggled on the road all year, going 11-32 and 32 away from the Chase Center. And you look at the Kings, they've played great. Uh, at home, and they've been a tough matchup for the Warriors. So I am backing the Kings here. So I know it's a very tight spread, but I do believe that the Kings will cover, do believe that they can outright win. And so far, like these three games, uh, there have been, excuse me, there have been three games that have been decided by eight points or less. And so I look at this situation where home court advantage really might make the difference in game five. So I am backing the Sacramento Kings here. Again, Eric Moody joining us here on uh, on Bet LA, getting you ready for the four games on the slate tomorrow, Wednesday night. Uh, really quick before we let you go, pretty surprising yeah. in Boston, the Atlanta Hawks won one nineteen to one seventeen without Dejounte Murray. Of course, we know he was suspended because of the bump against the ref. Trey Young, thirty eight points, thirteen assists. So now the series three two, and it heads back to Atlanta. Any concern here for the Boston Celtics, Eric? You know, they're a veteran team, um, so I do believe that they'll win the series, but I know in the uh, the column at uh, ESPN.com uh, for today, you know, I, I was back in the Hawks because any time that the Celtics have been favored so heavily, uh, they have not performed well when you're looking against the spread. And also with the Hawks on the brink of elimination, I felt like they, they were going to go out and kind of put together a great game but they could end up having a letdown in this next game so I do still see the Celtics winning this series but uh, things did get a a, we'll say very intriguing (laughs) with how this game ended up I must say as I was watching it uh, before we're talking uh, who's here right now so it's uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out, yeah. and and I do I think we're both on the same page here that we believe that the Knicks are going to win their series against the Cavs. Who do they play next? Right? Um, <laughs> is it is it the Heat? Um, is it Atlanta? Um, will it be Boston? Will it be the Bucks? Will it be the 76ers? And very interesting how that East uh, region is playing out. Eric, so great to have you on with us. Thank you so much, my friend. Oh, yeah. It's always great. Thanks, Anita. Until next time. You got it. Eric Moody joining LA, uh, getting us ready for, uh, for the Wednesday slate of games. Don't go anywhere. We come back. Stormy Bonantani is going to join us. We've got XFL. They are in playoff action. We've got the North and the South going at it this weekend. She's got some picks and some plays for you. Also, we'll talk some NHL. The NHL, as we know, they are in their postseason as well. So still a lot more coming your way. Nita Marks with you. Bet LA here on 710 ESPN. With Anita Marks. Right now, let's get back to Bet LA and back to Anita Marks. Welcome back, Bet LA, getting you ready for the XFL. And we're going to talk a little NHL with Stormy Bonantani joining us here on 710 ESPN. Stormy, it is finally the playoffs in the XFL. And we've got a great game on Saturday, possibly an even better game on Sunday. How are you doing, my friend? I'm great, and I'm even better to know that I don't have to do mental math on tiebreakers anymore. We have the game set. We know who's in, and it's going to be an awesome weekend in the XFL. 
Yes, it is. All right, so let's start Saturday. We got the Renegades going up against the Roughnecks. Renegades four and six on the season. The Roughnecks seven and three. Houston obviously at home. They're favored by six. The over under is four to one. What say you, my friend? Yeah, well, we we got fortunate last week, right? We got ahead of the under in this matchup, thinking it would be kind of that dress rehearsal, all the starters sitting for the most part, and that did end up coming to fruition, although Arlington started a lot of their guys, including quarterback Luis Perez, and still couldn't find a way to score an offensive touchdown, just 3 of 12 on third down. I don't have a ton of faith in this Arlington squad. You said it already, just a four-win team this year. I'm sure that the XFL, because of this outcome in the playoffs, is probably rethinking how they do their playoff structure for next year, maybe have the two division champs and then the two other teams in the, uh, the two other teams with the best records moving forward. Um, at least I hope that's what happens. But I, I like Houston in this spot. I think laying the six is a good bet. Um, Houston's really had their season kind of broken up into three chunks, right? They started the year super hot, 4-0. Mid-season, I think they just went through a funk. Their offense got figured out a little bit, went 0-3, and then they closed out the season strong. Um, I, I hope that Brandon Silvers kind of gets his game back to the level that it was early in the season. He obviously hasn't played in two of the last four games. Um, last week, not starting, Cole McDonald getting the nod. So um, I, I just think that they need to take advantage of an Arlington team that just never really got it going this year. They were a poor team straight up. They were a poor team against the spread. So Houston get it done in advance to the championship. There you go. Um, and then game number two on Sunday. Boy, I'm really excited to see this one. Uh, the D.C. Defenders, 9-1 and one on the season, going up against the Seattle Sea Dragons. They're 7-3 on the season. Many feel that D.C. is the best team uh, in the XFL. Um, they beat San Antonio. They didn't need to, but they did, 29-28. to 28. Uh, players get a $1,000 bonus. Okay, yeah, uh, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a new closet of shoes for me. Uh, they're coming in with some great momentum, but meanwhile, the Seattle Sea Dragons team, boy, they've won seven of their last eight. Uh, their loss to D.C. was only by one point. D.C. favored by three. The over-under is 48 and a half. What do you say here, Stormy? Yeah, so, Anita, these are the two best teams in the league for my money. They're the only teams that I put futures on during the regular season. And so I firmly believe that our XFL champion is going to come from the North. So whoever advances out of this game wins it all, in my opinion, I have a lot of bets in this game. I like Seattle plus three and a half. I found uh, yesterday. I like DC, however, in the first half minus two. They have had a halftime lead now in seven straight games. None of those games by fewer than four points, and their average margin of like leading in the first half is eight point six points. I also do like the over. DC has been a mad over team all year long. They're nine and one to the over. Um, overs did hit in both meetings with Seattle during the regular season. And Seattle is a team that we know can put on some points. I'm kind of hoping, ideally, like I, I love live betting these games, and that's been such a fun thing for me as a reporter this XFL season, following live lines throughout the games I'm reporting, but also on other games. And, and for D.C., um, they have this way of starting really, really strong, which is why I like that, that first half bet for them, but kind of letting their defense let up a lot in the second half. So if maybe we get a slower start scoring-wise early on, we can target 
some live overs in the game. So, like, maybe we can get, like, a 42-and-a-half, 43, and bet over that number. I would prefer it. Um, but it just it feels like that, that type of a game where – where maybe both teams are trying to figure each other out a little bit. We have a close game at the end, and it's high scoring. And the Sea Dragons, I know they dropped both regular season meetings, but it was by a combined five points. It's hard to beat a team three times, and the Sea Dragons are coming. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to this game on Sunday afternoon. That's for sure. Stormy Bonantani joining us here on Bet LA. Uh, let's turn our attention. Uh, you're one of uh, another one of your specialties, Stormy, is the NHL. We've got two games on the slate for Wednesday. One is the Panthers going against the Boston Bruins. The Bruins up on the series three one. Um, there a lot of a lot of juice here. You're laying minus two forty to think that the Bruins just uh, straight up win tomorrow. Um, you could get the Panthers plus one and a half on the goal line, um, on the puck line at minus one thirty. The over under is at six. Uh, what say you in regard to this matchup for Wednesday night? So I, I do like the Bruins in this thing. I think they close out the series at home pretty comfortably. Um, an extra bump that Patrice Bergeron is on the ice at practice today, skating in full. So he is hoping to return to that game on Wednesday. The Bruins, uh, they won back-to-back games now on the road, but that last impression that Boston fans saw in person was that 6-3 loss. And remember, this Bruins team was incredible at home during the regular season, 42-9. and They slipped up in Game 2. It was an anomaly-type defensive performance that game. And I think they want to put on for the home crowd. Linus Olmark is back, dialed in. Last game, stopped 41 of 43 shots on net. He got a little feisty, too, at the end of the game with the back-and-forth with Kachuk. Um, But he was the best goalie in the entire league in the regular season. So I, I like the Bruins to win. Might bet them in regulation to take the edge off of that price that you mentioned, bring that minus 250-ish down to around minus 145. Um, the puck line on the Bruins minus the goal and a half is plus 110. And, all, I mean, all three of their wins in this series so far have been by two goals or more. Uh, I think that that's the way that I might play it is just the regulation, though. I, I know that we can expect some pushback from the Panthers. Don't get me wrong. Um, that's why I, I initially thought I might bet a Panthers team total under two and a half, considering that Olmark's held opponents to two goals or fewer in 12 of his last 15 games. But I stayed off of it just because I think Florida could make a push, but not enough to get the win. Bruins, Bruins close it out, and I feel pretty confident in that. Uh, game number two, you got the Kraken going against the Avalanche. Uh, this series is all tied up. The Kraken dealing with some injuries. Um, uh, on the uh, on the puck line, the Kraken is minus one fifteen. On the money line, the Avalanche is minus one eighty. Uh, what say you in regard to this matchup? Yeah, Kraken making it a series, right? Um, it mm-hmm. was a really big deal when they stole Game One at Ball Arena and unfortunate that they couldn't hold court at home, but but did enough to come away with the overtime win in that last game to split the series. I'm very curious to see if they can steal another one and really put the defending cup champs on the ropes, especially considering maybe a little bit of an open door here with the abs missing their young star defenseman, Kill McCarr. He's going to be serving a one-game suspension for that interference hit he had on Jared McCann. Um, first time in his career, by the way, he's, he's been suspended or fined. They're also going to be without Balnachushkin, who's out for personal reasons. And I haven't seen anything from the team really shedding any official light on the reason, but it's another player that they're down. And I feel like coming off that win, Seattle's got a little bit of momentum on their side. 
maybe playing with some confidence, with some house money, what they lack in playoff experience, I think they make up in some energy and grit. Um, so Kraken, I saw prices around plus 155 for the upset. So I might do a little sprinkle for the underdog here. And I also lean under the total in this one. Seven of the eight matchups between the Abs and Kraken this season have gone under the number. Um, full disclosure, though, the, the only totals I'm really winning right now lately, Anita, are at least lightning. Um, so maybe fade my total plays. Um, but all the overs have been cashing at least lightning. It's been fun. Yeah, they have, haven't they? Uh, before we let you go, the Rangers and the Devils, that series all tied up. Home ice doesn't mean anything, right? Um, oh, my gosh, yes. So <laughs> Rangers winning both in New Jersey, Devils winning both in Manhattan. Um, nonetheless, uh, the, the Devils uh, are favored to win the series at, at minus, one, uh, minus 105. If you think the Rangers are going to win the series – it's uh, it's it's plus one fifteen. So uh, still a lot of hockey to be played here. But who do you who do you think is going to win the series, Stormy? Yeah, and clearly oddsmakers are a little bit confused what to do with these teams too, right? Because it's been played so uniquely. Um, the road teams dominating the series. That's actually been like a pretty big theme in the postseason for the NHL as well. Just road teams being able to get these wins. The Rangers. Both of their wins at Prudential Center were 5-1, looked like they were going to roll. And then here come the Devils at MSG, and really credit their young goaltender for delivering has allowed the Rangers just two goals in the last two games on 58 shots. So Mm -hmm. can the Rangers step in this next game and solve the rookie, find a way to get some pucks back in the back of the net, excuse me, in New Jersey? I like odds makers don't have a ton of feel for the series to be honest with you i think slash hope that the rangers should wake up a little bit offensively they just they're a team that has too much talent not to with kane Kreider, tarasenko panarin zabanajad the list goes on and on and i as a former vegas golden knights ringside reporter love gerard gallant i am always rooting for this rangers team so i i hope they get it done where I did put my money on this game is the over five and a half goals at even money. I just I feel like the Rangers need to to get some goal scoring back on the board, and clearly the Devils have shown that they can lately too. Great stuff as always, Stormy. Uh, I mean, listen, uh, XFL, NHL. What don't you do, girl? Um, we we so appreciate you here on 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 uh, on seven ten ESPN. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a great night. You got it. Again, Stormy Bonantani joining us. So, hey, as I, as I always like to say, we've got you locked and loaded, right? NHL, XFL, NBA slate for tomorrow. Sarah Barshop joined us, of course, to give you a preview. What is coming your way in regard to the Rams? Granted, uh, not being active and attractive on day one, but Friday night. Uh, will be interesting for Rams fans. Daniel Wade joined us to find out what we potentially could expect from the Chargers, especially in the first round, and of course, Cynthia Freeland from the NFL Network. So you are locked and loaded. Uh, I know uh, on earlier in the week than normal here on this Tuesday night, I want to thank our producers, Tyler and Rebecca, of course, is always doing a great job. Everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. Really do appreciate it. Anita Marks with you. You've been listening to Bet LA here on 710 ESPN.